I'd like to share with you a kasha, a kasha that bothered me in, in years past. I'd like to suggest a, a teretz for it. In Avinu Malkeinu, we say Kasveinu B'Sefer, we say five different Sefers. B'Sefer Chaim Taivim, B'Sefer Gula Yeshua, B'Sefer Parnasa V'Chalkala, B'Sefer Zechuyais, and B'Sefer Slicho Mechila. We say those five B'Sefers, and the Kadmainim who talk about the Siddur, they say that that's Kenege the Chamishachim Shetaira, since there are five Svarim in the Taira, so the Nusachat Filah was, was made Keneged, Chamisha, Keneged, Chamisha. When you sit down and try to figure it out, four out of the five fit very beautifully. Chaim Toivim is Bracious. Bracious the beginning of the Bria, the creation of life. So Keneged that, Sefer Chaim Toivim fits beautifully. The second Besefer is Besefer Gula of Yeshua. The Ramban writes in the Hagdama that Shmais is Sefer Agula. He calls it Sefer Agula because Shmais is about Agula. It's about going out of Mitzrayim. So it also fits very beautifully. Vayikra is Keneged Parnosa V'Chalkala. So you have to know that the Karbanis are, I hate to use the word Skula, but they're Mesugal to Fenyane uh, Parnosa. The Karbanis are bring Hatzlach in Parnasa. It says that the reason in Nach, the reason they couldn't get them to get rid of the Bamais, it keeps on saying in the Pasik that every Melech Tzadik was Matzliach, Rak HaBamais Leisaru, because they knew that bringing Karbanis is a is Mesugal to help in Parnasa. So Vayikra fits well to be Keneged, the Sefer Parnasa V'chalkal. Let's skip the fourth sefer. The fifth sefer is Kasveinu B'Sefer Slicho Mechila, which is Dvarim. After all the Averis that Klai Yisrael did 40 years delayed in the Midbar, they finally went into Eretz Yisrael. So it makes sense that Dvarim is connected Kasveinu B'Sefer Slicho Mechila. It also makes a lot of sense. It fits well. So four out of the five fit beautifully. Breshis, Shmais, Vayikra, Sefer Chaim, Sefer Gula, and Sefer Parnasa, and Devarim Keneged Sefer Slicho Mechila. It always bothered me how the fourth Sefer, Kasveinu B'Sefer Zechuyais, what that has to do with Bamidbar. What's Bamidbar? There are really two parts to Bamidbar. In English, they call it numbers. The Bamidbar, the first part of Bamidbar is the counting of Klai Yisrael and the counting of the Levian. The second part of Bamidbar are all the Nisiyainais, the Miraglim and Kairach and, uh, and, and Bilam with Baal Pahar and Moshe Rabbeinu with the stone. It's all the Nisiyainais. How that fits to Sefer Zechuyais, it bothered me that doesn't fit. I mean, something like that, it should fit. It should, it should shtim without being forced. It should fit well. So four out of five fit Kashmir, fit beautifully. It's disturbing that Sefer Zechuyah should not fit. For that, I'd like to share with you a thought. And we'll see if you'll agree with me that uh, with a certain Havana, it fits very well. First, 
let's just talk about what it means, Kasvenu Bisefer Sechuyes. What is Sefer Sechuyes? Sefer of Merits. What does that mean? Write this in a book of Merits. What's a book of Merits? It's uh, like a, where they record your marks. It doesn't sound like either you win or you lose, right? Sefer Chaim. That's Sadiq and Yerushan. Parnasa, Sadiq and Yerushan. What's Sefer Sechuyes? Either you have Sechuyes or you don't have Sechuyes. What does it mean, Sefer Sechuyes? So I had mentioned in previous years with the Taich that I saw, saw originally uh, from Rebel Yashiv. And then I saw in one of the Kaltaira journals where Matisel Solomon had a, had a piece where he quoted from Kadmainim. Sefer Zechuyais is something else. Sefer Zechuyais is a book in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu writes that some Yidin will be Zaychen the coming year to have Zechuyais. What is Zechuyais? Zechuyais are mitzvahs that fall into your lap. They fall into your lap. You're walking in the street. Someone's walking in front of you. And he drops a glove. And you're walking right behind him. You pick up the glove. You have no taiva to keep the one glove. It's not even an asai. You pick up the glove and you return it to him. So you're just makayim an asai and a lice asai. Meshavah sevheidah. It's an asai of returning it. It's an easy mitzvah. You walk in, you get an easy mitzvah. It's not, uh, it's not, a, it's not a bother at all. There are mitzvahs that sort of fall into your lap. Kasveinu b'sefer zechuyais. The sefer zechuyais is that begeder mitzvah gereres mitzvah. But people are zaycha to zechuyais. People are zaycha to have opportunities to do mitzvahs. Just like there's a Sefer Parnosa, there's a Sefer of Chayim, there's a Sefer of Gula, and there's a Sefer of Slichu uh, Mechila. There's a Sefer of Zechuyais. There's a Sefer of being Zaycha to mitzvahs that your Hashem sends you away. You're just lucky. You happen to be in the right place at the right time, and, and a, mitzvah, a mitzvah comes your way, a mitzvah falls into your lap. Now, there's really a tremendous amkus in this idea. Rav Palm said, and it's printed in Atar Lamelech, that just like this, in Dine Tzedakah, let's say if somebody is a poor person, so there are levels of Tzedakah. One level is you give him money. You give it to him, you give it secretly, you give it openly, giving him money, that's one level. The higher level is instead of just giving him money, give him a job. Give him a job and he can earn his own money. That's a much higher level than giving money straight out. If you give money straight out, you have less money. If you give him a job, it's Aktabai, that's a much higher level of tzedakah. To give someone the opportunity, he should be Zaycha himself. You all understand that, that you've done much more for him if you give him a job than if you give him money. Besides, if you give him money, tomorrow he's got a new problem. Give him a job; it's ongoing. But besides that, a person would rather be, have the opportunity to earn his own money than to have to come on to others. So, really, the highest level of tzedakah is when you give somebody money in a way that he gets it himself. Rapam said that a kaddish baruch Hu deals the same way with people. But a kaddish baruch Hu wants to do a chesed to you. There are two ways God can give it to you. 
He can give you straight out as a gift. A gift. Or he can give you the opportunity that you yourself will be zaycha to win in din. You yourself. How does God do that? He gives you a job. What does it mean he gives you a job? It means he gives you the mitzvahs. He puts the mitzvahs. He says, look, this fellow, he needs more mitzvahs on his side of the scale. A short ten mitzvahs. So either you can ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu Barachamim, you know, forgive ten Averis, then it'll outweigh. Hashem will give it to you b'matar. That's a lower level. The higher level is when Hashem gives you the opportunity to do mitzvahs. He throws mitzvahs in your way. You're driving and you see someone who's stuck on the side of the road. Stop or you don't stop. You're driving to yeshiva, you see someone at a bus stop. Pick him up, you don't pick him up. God is throwing it in your way, in your lap, the opportunity. Just like if you want to help somebody, instead of giving him money, give him a job. A way he can earn it himself. Rabbi Shalom is saying, why, why should I have to give you? The higher level is, I'll throw it in your way. And all you got to do is stop and pick the person up and you say to a mitzvah. You have one more mitzvah on that side of the scale. The highest, highest level of chesed is when you give someone the opportunity to get it min hadin. To get it min shura sadin. The Meshulam gives you opportunities to get it min shura sadin. That's the highest level of the Rabbani Shalom's chesed. So Rapam said that he answers. It says Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Chesed ve'Emes. So the question is, if it's Chesed, it's not Emes. If it's Emes, it's not Chesed. And chesed is, is not the truth. Chesed is you don't deserve, and I give you extra. Chesed and Emes is a steerer. So Rapam said in this case, it's not a steerer. The Chesed is that he gives you mitzvahs that you can do. And then it's Emes. Then when you come to the Yaimadin and you weigh the scale, it's Emes. You talk about more mitzvahs than Averis. So that it's Chesed Emes. It's a Chesed that gives you an opportunity to win with Emes. That's Kosfeinu B'Sefer Zuchun, yes. You know, sometimes you go and you have an opportunity and, you know, a, a collector comes around and he, he nudges you for a quarter and it annoys you. But what do you know? The Rabbi Shalom is sending you a chesed. He's sending him. Moshe made this guy get up early in the morning, go collecting, just to do you a favor. And just do you a favor that you can you can be zayche, you can do something for him. And it annoys you. Why is it annoying you? It should annoy him. Like he's got to go collect just to do you a favor. He's doing you a favor. He's coming around. You know, somebody gets a flat. Or somebody needs a boost. And you're driving by. So, you know, you pretend not to look. You want to drive past. <coughs> but the Rabbi Shalom had him get a flat just for you, just so you should be able to be zaycha. You should be able to have the opportunity. The highest level of chesed is when you give someone the opportunity to be zaycha on his own. You give someone the opportunity to do it on his own. You know, a father with a child, he could do things for the child, where you can teach the child to be mechabed his parents. If you teach the child to be mechabed, you're doing much more than if you just do for him. And if you train him that he should help out, 
So then you're doing something for him. You just do it for him, he's missing it. A chesed de emes is a big chesed. A chesed with someone is like on his own, that's a big chesed. So what am I telling you? What am I telling you? The taich of Sefer Zechuyas. What's the taich of Sefer Zechuyas? It's a Sefer which a Kaddish Baruch who grants people the chesed that in the coming year they'll have Zechuyas, they'll have opportunities. Things will come their way that it'll make it easier for them. Sometimes in life, things come your way and it makes it very difficult. It makes it hard. So, Baruch Hashem says, I'll do a mechesed. Give him a baby who cries every morning. It's going to wake him up for shachnas. Never miss minion again. Zechuyah says that a person, your Baruch sets him up to make the mitzvahs come his way. That's Taich of Sefer Zechuyais uh, based on these Maramakaiis. So now we have this Taich of Sefer Zechuyais. So let's go back to what I started with. There are five Chumashim in the Torah, and there are five Kosvenu Besefer. So we said the first, second, and third fit Bereshit Shemais Vayikra, the fifth is Devarim, the fourth Zechuyais. How does that come to Bahrain? What's Bamidbar? The second part of Bamidbar are the Nisyainis, the Miraglim, Kairach, Balpar, 24,000 Yidden died in the Makefa. In every one of the Nisyainis in the Midbar, there were individuals who used it to stand out, who used it as Zechuyas. As we think of Zechuyais, yeah, somebody drops his glove, you pick it up. You should know. When there's a Yerida all around you, it's a special opportunity for Zechuyais. By the Miraglim, Yeshua and Kalev stood out. Yeshua and Kalev stood out. And Yan, Adi Kalev, Yan, Asheruach, Echeresimai, he had a different spirit about him, so he stood out. He was Zecha forever. If all the Miraglim would have behaved, it wouldn't have been an opportunity. It would have been an opportunity to do what the Miraglim had to do. But the extraordinary opportunity to stand out and be Zaycha, that Zechuyais was Kalev and Yeshua got it from that. By Kairach. The earth opened and Adas Kairach was swallowed up. And the Bnei Kairach was Zeicha at the last minute to be saved, to be rescued. The Bnei Kairach, as they were being swallowed by the earth, they did Shuvah. Rashi brings a Chumash. And who did they become? Who did the Bnei Kairach? Bnei Kairach wrote Kapitlach and Tehillim. The Yom Fi Yom Shaini is the Mizmah of Bnei Kairach. Bnei Kairach. Who's Bnei Kairach? It's a Bnei Kairach. Where did they stand out? If Kairach had behaved, and everyone had behaved, the Bnei Kairach wouldn't have had the opportunity. They would have been good, uh, good people who learned from David, and they wouldn't have stood out. Bnei Kairach stood out because when people around you are, are having a Yerida, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for you to be Zeichen. And by, by Baal Pa'ar, that's Pinchas. Pinchas was Zeichen, and he nice, nice, breezy shalom. 
Pinchas was Zaycha from what? Everyone around him was caught up in this Yavera uh, Balpar, in this Nus. Some were caught up in the Mises Nus, some were caught up and didn't know what to do. And Pinchas got up, and what did he do? He made, he made out of it the most extraordinary human being after Maisha Rabbeinu. Pinchas Welio. Where did that come from? Where did it come from? It came because there was a Yerida all around him. Everybody assumed a certain, a certain uh, state of uh, what was going on, accepted it, and Pichas didn't accept it. So, Sefer Zechuyah is not just the nice, easy case where someone drops a glove in front of you. That's Geshmak. Easy mitzvah. It doesn't take time, it doesn't take effort, nothing. It's also Sefer Zechuyah. But you don't become Eliyahu Navi from that. You don't become Kalev and Yeshua from that. Sefer Zechuyah is when there's Yerida around you and you stand out. And that is the greatest opportunity, the opportunity to, to become Rachacheresima. It's a Rachacheres and the people around you. What's the first half of Bamidbar? It's County Klal Yisrael. Now you probably didn't notice. I'm a lady, I noticed. Every time they count the Jews, the ladies get, the Levim get very short shrift. The Levim in general don't get much attention. Except in, uh, except in Bamidbar. Bamidbar, it's spread over two parashiyas. The counting of the Levim, the jobs of the Levim. The Levim well, the same as Kalavin Yeshua and Pinchas and Bnei Kairach. Swear, but did the Levim stand out? By the Eagle, exactly the same story. By the Eagle, all of Klai Yisrael was having a terrible Yerida. And Mila Shemelai, the Levim, saw that as their opportunity. Their opportunity. So it fits well in the theme of a Sefer Bamidbar. The idea of Zechuyah is the, the Musr of Sefer Bamidbar. It's tied to Zechuyah, it's just like Shemais is tied to Gaula. And the Varm is tied to Slicha Mechila. But it's the highest level of Zechuyah. It's Zechuyah where people around you are accepting a certain reality, a certain. The whole Hamaynam, the mob, is going in one direction. And they weren't just Avaryanim. And the Miraglim, they were Tamid Echachamim, they were, they were people that, uh, that were caught up in, in the message of the Miraglim. Like Kairach, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, they weren't the bums, Kairach. Hasidim call, call him the Hele Gezei de Kairach. Such an expression. The Hele, don't think Kairach was what you think he was. It was a Balmadrega who did a terrible thing, who fell. Well, Balmadrega, they were good people. And there were Yechidim who saw the opportunity to stand out. And there was Zaycha much more than picking up a glove or helping somebody with a, uh, with a flat tire. Much more so. The Sefer Zechuyah is very much Bamidbar. If you look at it that way, then it fits very well. It's a big challenge because we're affected very much by the people around us. 
The idea of normal is based on the people in your sviva, the people around you. That's normal. It may not be normal. But if, if everyone around you accepts a certain thing as normal, it becomes a, a monkey see, monkey do type of life where it becomes normal. It becomes normal. Is it normal? There are things that you'll admit don't make sense. Things that go on around you in the society around us, the yeshiva, wherever you are, there are things that go on and you get caught up. You get caught up. So you have to have what they have. You have to do what they do. That's normal. The Zechuyais is for you to step back and say, Rabbi Nishalaylam? In Kippur, we, we stand with Rabbi Nishalaylam. Is that normal? Does someone call it normal? Is it so? You have to decide for yourself if it's normal. Everything around you is that way. The whole Yerida of Adar is people caught up in what's going on around them. The whole Yerida of Adar. I mean, the whole idea of people going to yeshiva in the late morning, it's, it's just a senseless thing. You hear somebody that make any sense? That people going to work are at work at 9 o'clock or 9.15? And people going to yeshiva are there whatever time, you know. It makes no sense. If everyone around you did it one way, you would do it that way too. You're caught up in the mob scene. You're caught up in the, in, in the new normal of everybody around you. Is it normal? You have to ask yourself. Well, of lifestyle, which over the last 10, 15 years in, in Brooklyn, certainly in our parts of Brooklyn, has become having more and more and more gashriastic of things, needing always newer things. You really have to figure out if it's normal. You know, when it comes to a chasana, and a chasana is bothered that some chasana gift he's getting or not getting, uh, he comes over to me, so I, I tell him, are you serious? Are you serious? you really care if your watch costs $1,000 or $50? Like, how's it going to change your life? Why in the world would a normal human being care that the watch works? I'm not telling you get the $10 watches. Maybe you have a $50 watch or a $1,000 watch. Are you really happier? Does it really change your life? Does it make your life easier? Financially? No. It's a disease. It's a sickness. It makes no sense at all. It makes zero sense. And yet people get caught up in it. You know, awesome. Really need cufflinks? Cheap cufflinks are no good. This whole thing, it makes sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. You see how it affects people? People think, you know. It, it, it makes no sense. You have to, I just want you to realize that things going on around you are very dumb. Like, get a life. That's what you're worried about. You're about to get married. You're worried about, about a watch. You're worried about cufflinks. You're worried about... You know, there, there should be something more. This whole whole My point is that you get caught up in it. You get caught up in it. I got engaged. I told my shver, my watch works, and if it breaks, I'll let you know. I'm just as happy. 
really just as happy. Okay. Nothing changed. I didn't, uh, you know. I don't know why. Why? Because everyone does it around you. You have to do it. I don't understand. If you like, you, know, you make your own decision. You want to watch it. It's not the end of the world. Maybe there must be some people in the world who think it makes sense. The Mahalach HaMachshava, it's time to grow up. <coughs> the Zuchuyais of standing up when everything around you is sick, it's really sick, and being able to be higher than that, it's something. It counts for something. It really does count for something. It's, you have to realize, if you want to think about something you're doing, if it makes sense, just think, you know, you have ancestors. Yeah. Many of you have uh, great-grandparents that were in Europe. Imagine they looked at you. And here they see you reading about, uh, you take a newspaper, and you're reading about a football game. A big bunch of heavy, uh, mostly black guys uh, tackle each other. Would it make sense? Isn't that crazy? Why would anybody care if somebody could throw a basketball into a round hoop or not into a round hoop? Why would anybody care about it? From, from a normal sense, it makes no sense. Like, why do people care about it, spend time? Could it be that a from who believes in the Bayre Eilam actually watches, whether on a TV or in person, watches a game and is actually happy, actually happy that someone swung a bat and missed the ball or hit the ball? Does it really make sense? You have to pick yourself up Pick yourself up above it. Could you really spend time on that? And I think Gehenim, Gehenim, they take you upstairs in the Masifta Durakiya, all the Gadaile Ailamar, and they force you to watch a ball game. It's reruns. They force you to watch a ball game. And suddenly, you know, they tell the Nishama, it makes no sense. They say, I want to go to Base Vegas. They say, No, no, no. This is what you gotta do. You gotta do this. Any sense? I think in Shemayim, you know, I don't know in the Masifta Durakiyah if they have recess, so they don't have recess. I don't know how it works. But let's say they have recess and they want to entertain the Nishamas for a few minutes. So all they have to do is show them some of us getting upset about things we get upset about. You know, getting upset. They show a picture of an intelligent, grown human being, you know, trying to, uh, to get just his kind of flavor of Snapple, you know, getting all upset that it's, his flavor is not there, or that uh, whatever it is that he wants is hard to get to come by, or I don't know. Just, it's, it's just very amusing. You see an intelligent human being getting, getting upset about these types of things. My point is, there's chuyas, there are opportunities. And you have to, you have to take the opportunities to be bigger than everyone around you. Don't do things just because the Gashmiyastika world around you says so. If the Ruchniyastika world tells you to do it, do it. But if the Gashmiyastika world says you have to have it, get it. Get it. And don't get me wrong, I'm caught up in my own level. You know? I don't know why I need a cell phone at all. Some of you don't understand, uh, you know, you feel that you have to have a smartphone. Why do you have to have a smartphone? Because everyone has a smartphone. Is it really the right thing? 
I want to tell you, I can't say every week, but every month it happens to me that a couple comes to me and their marriage is destroyed by, by internet. Something has to do with the internet. It happens all the time. It happened to me this week. Complicated story. It happened. They, they came to me. It was before, before Mariv one night. I couldn't have Mariv. A normal family. Children. Some of the children are married. Grandchildren. They're going to end up divorced. Because of what? Because I always hear this from, from the women. Whenever the couples come, the woman always says, I, always, I thought the Gedalim were nuts with this filter business. And now I see they're right. You know, afterwards, you know, after they steal the animal, you lock the barn door. I'm telling you, it's Rabim Chalolame Pilu. What are you giving yourself open to? Nobody goes to the internet to look at Schmutz. They go gradually. You know, the Gemara says, the Yesara says, today do this, tomorrow do that. You know, the line gets pushed over. So one day, it's, uh, you know, it's one narish kite. The other day, it's a worse narish kite. And slowly, slowly, it ends up in a place where you never dreamt you would be. So why? Why, why in Eretz Yisrael it's considered normal to stay away? In Lakewood, it's considered normal to have a filter on a, on a phone or on a, or on a computer. And why in Flatbush it's not? Because the people around you, monkey see, monkey do. What's the phone do for you? Well, why, why isn't it? A, why aren't you gyrus the idea of shutting off a phone before coming to the base medrash? It does something for you in the base medrash. Does something for you? Anyway, there's no schmutz to wasting time. Wasting time. You know, a good kabbalah for yom neiroim is to be the kabbal not to look at the news. Matzah and yeshiva world, all the kosher news. That'd be a great Kabbalah because that's the first step on the ladder to everything else. And it's a total waste of time. Total waste of time. I'm in Eretz Yisrael three weeks in the summer and I don't see any news. And you know something? The world goes on just perfectly well without it. I live without it. You know? I'm in Brooklyn, I think. You know. I think I have to know what's going on in the world. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? If Trump has real hair or a toupee, does it really matter? <laughs> why? Why is it nuts? Isn't it like a crazy world? It's sick world. Very sick world. The whole America is caught up in entertainment and pleasure, and we get caught up in it also. How many, when during the year are you going to tell yourself that you can be higher than it? When? You know, as everything sinks into the ground, the Bnei Kairach pick themselves up. Everything's sinking, and the Bnei Kairach pick themselves up. They say they're different. <coughs> everything around you is sinking. The whole, the whole Mahalach of America is more and more Gashmias, and it affects us. It affects, it affects the Yidin too. To be able to pick yourself up and be more and be better, not in every way, but in some way, it's the Avaida. It's the Avaida. The idea of Zechuya is the schus is a bigger schus when you have to swim against the tide than when you swim with the tide. There aren't many times in the year that you'll sit and admit it to yourselves. But you'll sit and you'll admit it to yourselves. But this is a time. 
This is the time. Yetzirah says they're going to change everything. He's right. You're not going to change everything, but something, something, take something. The wasted time, the wasted effort with Gashmiistic things that you don't need. Take it. Take it. Have a different attitude to it. Some people need something. Some people need other things. But you don't have to need everything just because everyone around you has it. It's coming to Yom Kippur. As you all know, as soon as they blow the shayfer after Yom Kippur, it's all over. The idea of examining yourself is over, right? We run to do mitzvahs. But the idea to examine yourself is going to be over. And on Yom Kippur itself, it's hard to think of Kabbalah. So busy with your davening. This is the time, Shabbat the few days from Shabbat in the coming year, you have to take something. You have to take, from year to year, you've got to go somewhere. You can't be the same person. One of the most striking conversations I ever had was a son-in-law of a Mispal. Got married, was learning a Kyle came to talk to me I think it was on a Thursday here in Yeshiva he told me you know his plan was always he's going to learn for a number of years after he learns he's going to law school he'll get a job as a lawyer so he comes he tells me Monday I start law school I said I can't see it Monday I'm going to walk into law school and in 35 years I'll retire from a law firm I'll be you know on the track those days we'll be able to get jobs so, you know, I'll go to law school, I'll get a job, I'll work in a law firm until midnight, and then they'll give me a gold watch and they'll retire me, and suddenly I'll be 65 or 70 years old. And, uh, you know, my teeth won't be working so well, and, you know, my, everything will be, will be, I'll be at half ability. Why am, I go, why am I walking into this? Why am I walking into it? What am I supposed to tell a guy like that? He's 100% right. But his father will kill me. Got married on this month, right? You're hundred percent right. What's the answer? I don't know. If I was confident the whole thirty-five years he would think this way, then he could do it. The whole thirty-five years you're busy doing it, that it's terrible, it's ekeldik, you know, it's terosei kavah malachte yarei, then you can handle it. But it doesn't take very long. Get caught up in everyone around you. Listen, you have a, a short period of time that you're going to be thinking about these things, or even if someone will tell you to think about these things. You have a short period of time as your stage in life. You have to make a decision that you're not just going to do like the monkey, monkey see, monkey do of everybody around you. You have to make a decision that there'll be places where you'll be higher, you'll be hacher, you can do it in everything, no. But you can't let it slide. Let it slide. The waste of time, the waste of money, the waste of heart, caring about silly things. Think about something you care about that causes friction with somebody else. And just forget about it. Forget about it. Think about something that you that that gets you nervous about someone else. Married people can certainly think of something. Just think of something else and forget about it. Why do you care? Right? So she's disorganized, so you can live your whole life with a wife who's disorganized, so 
you're going to do it anyway. Question is, if you get aggravated, you won't get aggravated. She's too organized. The Einish for a man who thinks his wife is not organized enough is to put him in a house where the wife is super organized for a week. He'll go running back. Or the reverse, right? Anyway, my point, my point is that you should take a few minutes. Think about A, time. The place where the time is wasted senselessly. And pick one part of your week, not everything. Pick one part of your week where it's, it's totally senseless. It makes no sense. To Milfin Marv and Shul. It doesn't make any sense to me. Shabbos, Milfin Marv. Shabbos, Milfin Marv. Every Shul is about 45 minutes. I don't understand it. People say, it's hard to learn Shabbos. I'm tired. I'm in bed. You're in Shul. You're in Shul. People are stuck. They don't know what to do between Milfin and Marv. Take a period of time, one period of time during the week, and decide that you'll make it worthwhile. You'll make it something. Take one area and be adam right? Your relationship with your family, something that irritates you. And you know, in Shemayim, it's silly. It's silly. I have an old rule. If someone does something, and you try to correct them, you do it for a year or two years, and it doesn't work, it's not going to work later either. Probably you do it a day and two days, it may not work. You're not going to change people. Think of one time and make it useful. Think of one irritant, something that, that gets you, and, and stop. And tell yourself to grow up. You grow up. Does it really matter? And most importantly, in lifestyle things, don't get caught in the trap. Realize that on your block, there are people making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year who can't make ends meet, and there are people making fifty, seventy thousand dollars a year who are perfectly happy. The same block, they sit next to each other in shul. It all has to do with what you're used to spending. Take an area and just stop. Stop. It happened here in Yeshiva, a guy was dating a girl, and she revealed to him that the pocketbook cost a thousand dollars. I told him, Don't go out again. Don't go out again. It's bad enough that she spends a thousand dollars, but she's willing to admit it to such a silly thing they got engaged the day they got engaged I spoke to one of his rebellion and said what do I do someone's getting engaged I know it's going to be a disaster and I can do it lasted for about four weeks engagement and a girl that spends a thousand dollars on a pocketbook she's never going to be happy never going to be happy make her happy what could you do for her Take a time, pick one time, and decide to be real about it. Think of the Rebbein Shalom standing opposite you. Take one thing that bothers you, that irritates you, and decide you're going to be misgabber and not let it irritate you. Take one area in lifestyle and just stop. Just stop. You don't need it. You don't need whatever it is. Take one such area. Girls have to worry about their shoes. Guys don't have to worry about No one thinks you're beautiful because of your shoes. I don't think anybody thinks girls are beautiful because of their shoes. But guys? Why are guys worried about shoes? Makes sense. Anyway, I want to wish everybody a meaningful Yom Kippur.
It should be meaningful. It should be something that lasts from it. A reality check. It's a shame we should be zaycha that we should rise. We should be zaycha to zikuyais. We should be zaycha to be something a little more in the coming year. I've been shabbos